Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever March. Good evening, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic, and welcome to this week's show. As always, Thursday nights, new content drops. Visit MetalMayhemROC.com. There you'll find direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, however you get your podcasting content. While you're there, go into the drop-down box, download some past episodes, subscribe to the podcast. That kind of stuff helps the bottom line. Sign up to our email list, receive weekly updates on new shows, merchandise, and promos and free giveaways. Now, this is real important because things are getting serious now. Tonight, we're giving away two copies of our feature interview, the band Motorlord, their debut album, Kick-Ass Band out of Central New York. I will have the lead guitarist and uh, one of the founding members, Ian O'Rourke, on the show in a little bit. But we're giving away a couple of the CDs. I have some shirts. So sign up for the weekly email list. We'll pull someone during the week and notify you via email. In mid-July, the Metal Mayhem ROC merchandise page will be debuting. It's your chance to get some Metal Mayhem gear. You know, uh, the hoodies, shirts, hats, whatever. So we got a lot of exciting things happening up here. As always, thank you for the support. So let's welcome my metal brother from another mother, Metal Forever Mark. Hey, Vernon Matt, what's going on? Always great to be up here in the Metal Mayhem ROC studios in the co-captain's chair. So we're about to get into a show staple segment called the Mount Rushmore of Metal. Many have tried, most have failed, only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of Metal. All right, the Mount Rushmore of Metal. This one is a tough one, in my view, because there are so many to choose from in this category, which is heavy metal album covers or CD covers in the current era or digital covers now. <laughs> album covers. All right, album covers. You go first. Me or go first. About, yeah, you go. Or you want to do two? Let's do two, 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 two. Just All right, we'll, go. We'll change it up. Wow. Okay, so... Just the one for me, and I've got to go with one of my Mount Rushmore bands. I just have always loved it, is uh, Defenders of the Faith. I just remember when it came out, it was right after Screaming for Vengeance, which is another iconic cover. But it just, I don't know, just in the same vein, it was cool, like from the Hellion to the Metallion. I love Defenders of the Faith from the minute I put that album on. So that's the first one that I'm going to go with, and it comes to mind. Number two... Wow, it's just tough because like you're just trying to go through the catalog, right, and think of all the heavy metal ones. I guess in a way, just just straight metal and old school, and it's Rochester, New York. I'm gonna go kill them all, man. Like uh, it was almost one of those metal covers that like was almost too intimidating because it's just <laughs> a, a, an axe with a pool of blood, and uh, it doesn't get much more metal than that. So those are the first two I'm gonna throw at you. Well, <laughs> the metal, the metal mayhem alarm has gone off. At the sound of the demon bell. 
It'll never go away. Actually, it's a mallet on the cover Ah, of... A mallet. I stand corrected. Yeah, and uh, here's a uh, fun fact. That was shot in a uh, studio in Village Gate. I think we heard that story when we did the deep dive into these uh, Metallica Kilimall recordings. By the way, for you, uh, Hellion, Screaming for Vengeance, or Defenders? If you had fire or ice, if you had to choose either or screaming. Okay. Um, okay. So my top two or my first two, um, well, going, um, it's hard, man. Cause. Okay. Well here, I'm, I'm going to pull an audible right off the bat. <laughs> it's not album cover. It's gatefold. Gatefold. When you open the album. Ah, up. Okay. And number four, I, think I know where you're going with it. But go ahead. Is the when you open up Kiss Alive 2. Oh, okay. And when you open up Kiss Alive 2 in that, you know the picture I'm talking about? Yes. The stage and the flames and all that. All I could remember as a kid was sitting there and just staring at it. And, you know, it's it was mesmerizing me. So Gatefold, Kiss Alive 2. Um number three, I'll go Master of Puppets. Just for the imagery of the hands up in the corner, holding and you know holding the the strings of the puppeteer from Master, and you see the symbolism of all the songs in the album. You know the the dog tags of the disposable hero guy from the song Disposable Heroes, and it's just. The imagery of Master of Puppets. So that was my third. Okay. So uh, actually, where you were going with the other one, when you talk about when you open up the album cover, the other one I thought you were going with was uh, Power Slave because I remember when you open up that one, man, they're talking about imagery. There's so much shit going on in 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 that one. Same thing with the Somewhere in Time one. Like if you look at all the streets mm-hmm. and all that yeah. craziness. But but I'm not going to go there. My I, my I guess my other the third one that I'm going to mention is Halloween Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 2. Only because uh, I just I just love that album. I remember when my brother handed it to me, and I was just like, man, I don't know if I like these guys. They're a little happy, happy metal maybe, and it's just the songs are like too long and too short and all over the yard. But then the more I dug into that album, the more I like, to me that's a just push play front to back. Mm-hmm. And that album cover just kind of screamed heavy metal like when I saw it. Um, I'm going to, and my, then my last one is, and I got to throw him with a chick in it. Cause you, you know, it's not heavy metal without the chick. I'm going to go with invasion of your privacy from rat <laughs> just cause the girl she's bending over, she's putting her socks on, you know, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So you could say it's not very metal, but you have to, you got to throw at least one of them in there. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. And by the way, before I hear the last two, I got I got to throw another one that just creeped the hell out of me. And it still creeps me out to this day. I actually had it on the front pile of a whole bunch of uh, vinyl that I had the other day. Black Sabbath, Born Again. And it creeped me out so much I had to tuck it five. I put it five seats, five albums under because it was just oh. that baby devil. Just it just creeped me out then and it <laughs> creeps me out now. Although yeah. I think it's a good album. But <laughs> well, it is a little, uh, a little, little scary. Yeah. Uh, my top two. Um it's hard, man. Yeah. Um, I know what my number one is. Can I go straight to number one? Hey, this is, there's no rules in the Mount Rushmore. My now. number one all time is Number of the Beast. Of course, right? But, you know, it's hard. But, but you're right with the somewhere in time. You know, first <laughs> yeah. of all, the maidens are wild. But even to this day, 
You know what the fun thing with the Iron Maidens back in the day was to find the little Derek Riggs, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. the emblem, you know, his uh, <laughs> what is his trademark of uh, you know, the circle with the yeah. arrow oh, going yeah, down. Yeah, I think I learned about that like around Power Slave, maybe, or I remember uh, like somebody tells you about that, you're like, oh, yeah, cool, dude, and then you start looking for it and. Yeah, you know. But I just remember staring at Number of the Beast. And, Mark, you know, on a serious note, um, that's what gets lost now with, you know, CDs. They still try to do it. But, you know, it's just not the same connection you have with something. We've all talked about this. We've There's been discussions. But it's true. The, the connection to a release isn't there. And. We we reiterate this. We go back and forth. That that's what we're uh, like. Look at this. Forty years later, and you're you're still uh, you know sporting a Woody over the uh, invasion of your privacy, girl. <laughs> well, but, but that's the thing I was going to ask you is like, uh, and again, in, in the digital era, how much is the imagery of an album important, and how much does that actually lend to the music? Because um, I agree that in a in a weird way, they kind of it kind of goes together, kind of like and justice for all the album art imagery kind of in synonymous with that album yeah you know and and it kind of reinforces the whole the whole thing like peace of mind any of the you know those classic but then when you just see like a i don't know like you said just get something that's just kind of standard and kind of boring or th- there's nothing special about it. It, it 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 doesn't it does it does add to well the color of it no you know you had defenders of the faith in your in your list right well, back in 84, when Defenders of the Faith came out, it was, it was accompanied on tour with right, right. the stage setup, which transcended into the merchandise. And now, 40 years later, you have a visual connection to Defenders of the Faith. And to answer your question, it does. It, it does. does have a connection. And it's... It, the whole thing sells. It's the whole connection. And speaking of that, I don't know if you remember uh, when Priest did that long. Uh, it was almost going to be like their farewell well tour when they first got Richie after KK departed. And I don't know if you remember, they had like it was almost like a long two hour set. Mm-hmm. And they would they would and they try to play a song from every album. So they would break out stained class album yep. cover for a stained class track. They did the same thing with Point of Entry for like Desert Plains and like. That imagery just took you back, not only musically but visually into that that era, you know. And and in some ways, that, that's probably missing a little bit, maybe. In, in oh. now, some bands like Five Finger Death Punch, Avenged Sevenfold, maybe to a degree. Look, look, Megadeth has their kind of uh, you know version of Eddie, whatever the hell oh, that. Uh, I don't uh, know what that dude's called. Rattlehead Vic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. dude. You know, kind of adds to it, I think. Um, but to me, that's part of the metal. That the metal part of the metal genre is kind of that album cover imagery you know Mm -hmm. i think so you got one more to go um you know i don't want (laughs) to one more to go um you know what it's not metal but it's sick molly hatch at the cover of flirting with disaster okay uh i'm not as familiar with that specific one but i I think i generally know the The dude on the horse yeah no i know the the imagery i know actually flirt with disaster is the the muscle guy with the you know it was the imagery it's the whole thing so yeah, I think it's important. So I think uh, to the young metal bands out there, as much as you can think about your imagery and the album art, to me, it yeah, it, it adds it, it adds color to the to the songs and to the music. I think, and maybe it's missing a little bit this day and age. 
So uh, that's uh, Mount Rushmore Metal top album covers. Mark, <laughs> as always, thanks for stopping in, and um, we'll talk to you soon, right? Yep. Always keeping it heavy up here in the Metal Mayhem ROC studios, Vernomatic. Thanks for having me once again. All right. That's Metal Forever Mark. Always cool when he can uh, get away from the family and kids and come up to the Metal Cave and spend a few hours with the Vernomatic. So like I said, our feature interview tonight is Ian O'Rourke from Motorlord. Here's a song from their debut album. This is called Mickey. I'm the Vernomatic. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Thank you. 
Get that popcorn ready and grab a seat. Do it! As the Vernomatic presents this week's feature interview, exclusively here on Metal Mayhem ROC. So back in May when we were celebrating uh, Metal May, I introduced the the new new wave of traditional heavy metal that's going on. Bands like Night Demon and, you know, Sirith Ungle, even though they're an older band. Some of these bands that they're newer bands, but they're taking their their direction from the older new wave of British heavy metal bands. Well, tonight I had a chance to catch up with Ian O'Rourke from the band Motorlord. Hey, Ian, uh, welcome to Metal Mayhem. How you doing, buddy? Vernomatic, how you doing, brother? We're doing well, man. We're uh, um, just doing what we do, and there's nothing I love more than finding a new band that captures the spirit of what metal, my eyes, what metal's all about. I really like what Motor Lord's doing, so I wanted to get you on here. Have you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, the band, and what's going on in the Motor Lord world? Well... We are, as it classifies uh, in our description through our social media sites, we are a hard rock and heavy metal band from central New York. We, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, guys of our age that, you know, had been playing, you know, in bands forever and a day. And we wanted to craft something that came from all of that stuff that got our you know, Spidey senses tingling when we were younger, you know, all of those classic bands, you know, from Thin Lizzy and UFO up through Y&T, Van Halen, you name it. If it, Even into, as you had said, you know, getting into Judas Priest and Saxon and Motorhead and all of these great bands that came out of Europe and England. We just wanted to try to catch that vibe, but not necessarily like hit it right on the head. Let's not sound like we're exactly like these bands. Let's give our flavor and our touch of what our interpretation is from these bands. So we were able to come out with the album. We recorded it and we were trying to get it out by December of 2019. Um, but because of production, you know, I mean, it just takes its time as it does. Uh, we finally were able to drop it at the beginning of January of 2020. And the uh, Corona monster went ahead and reared its ugly head and kind of threw the brakes on everything. So we're just uh, trying to keep the keep the name out there, trying to you know see if we can start gathering some gigs now that things are opening up for the world. Maybe we can get out there and uh, and play for the masses. Yeah. Well, um, so you're in Central New York. Um, is there any plans? Have you been booking shows? Um, what, what's going on behind the scenes? Well, the biggest thing right now is trying to find what's open because we are an original band. We don't do covers. I've I've don't have any problem with it. There's a lot of great bands out there that play covers. It's just always been a, a personal opinion of mine. Um, it's kind of shared that, you know, we, we want to create our own music and get that out there for people. So sometimes it's a little tougher to get in on gigs, but we uh, were linked up with a friend of ours years ago, uh, Rick Masucci, who runs Bring Him Down Productions out of Utica. Does a great job with trying to get uh, packages, you know, three, four bands together that are all original music and kind of gives a variety. So hopefully we can try to get something going in that arena in the area and then see if we can try to branch out. Love to be able to try to get out your way in the Rochester area. If we can, uh, we played, uh, Albany 
probably about uh, just under a half dozen times or so uh, last year when we were in the process of, of working on the album's material. So we've been able to kind of spread all over, but there's nothing consistent. And then obviously, as I said, the world kind of went into, you know, a cocoon. So hopefully now we can try to get something back going again. Yeah, things are loosening up up here. There's a um, uh, our friends over at the Grim Dystopian podcast here in Rochester. They put together a three band package that's playing in June, I believe. And, you know, it's a small capacity, but they've sold out. So, yeah, well, people are hungry for it, man. I mean, they're they're really wanting to be out there. I mean, they're just talking about with the New York State Fair, even though they're going to have limited capacities, they're adding more bands every day, every week to play at Chevy court to give free shows because people are, you know, already like, you know, I want to do something. I want to see something. I need to get out and socialize, be with my people, you know, kind of thing. So have you ever played Rochester? Have you ever been up here? No. Ray, the other guitar player had gone to school at uh, CCFL in uh, Canandaigua. Yeah. So he had, gone a couple times i think to maybe catch some shows when he you know back the old days with you know the uh penny arcade and stuff like that they were there oh Um, sure uh montage we got montage up here anthology a lot of great places i mean i've i've only been to rochester as an adult uh once that i can recall um that doesn't mean that something didn't happen on some you know drunken road trip that i'm not aware of but yeah so the first uh you have nine tracks on the first album if yep. you're if you were to tour or were to play out, uh, are there songs that you would play that aren't on this nine song release? Or yeah, we actually have a collection. I think of about total twenty four, including these uh, like twenty five, twenty four, twenty five songs that we've kind of honed in on. Uh, we uh, might even be just a tad bit more than that. We are trying to now we wanted to do um, a collection of uh, EPs, uh, try to get them out there, you know, maybe release a couple singles at a time off that kind of stuff. You know, so there's in the hopper right now, there are 12 other songs that are fine tuned and and ready to go. We just need to kind of, uh, you know, get the time to, to be able to get them recorded, but we've been trying to work on them. And obviously in between, um, you know, uh, we've had, you know, people with battling illnesses and you got, you know, uh, Mother's Day and birthdays and different things that come up. So it kind of throws, you know, the practice schedule off whack a little bit. But, you know, we we get to it, you know, once a week, regardless, you know, if we, uh, you know, get don't have a chance to get together because of something else, that's fine. But, you know, we everybody kind of does their own thing and we kind of, you know, it's kind of like the the Justice League, you know, all of the all of the heroes go off and, you know, fight their own adventures and then they come and join as a group and, you know, fight big yeah. adventures. So, <laughs> so that's pretty much what we do. That's interesting that you're talking about um, uh, sort of like two or three tier purposing. James Rivera of Hellstar was on the show and he was talking yeah. about the, the their new one, Clad in Black. They That's exactly what they did. They released couple singles then they release the clad in black and then uh at the end of the summer there's going to be another part of that release like mike uh schleibaum of darkest hour they have their new one live in lockdown and they sort of did the same kind of uh two or three tier release program 
you know, I think that I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I ahead. think that I think that with bands of our like and and from the generation that we came from, we like to have that physical manifestation, that that full collection of material. The problem is in this day and age, everybody's a playlist kind of person, or at least a younger generation. And then you you know, and I, well, I don't even want to just bash on them because it coalesces up to people in our generation too. I mean. My wife is guilty of it. And I've told her, listen, just listen to the album, you know, but she's, you know, one of those ones where she'll grab two or three songs from this artist and two or three songs from this artist. And that's what she wants to hear. So the right way to approach it is, okay, what's the, what's the middle of the road where we can maybe do both. So the collection of EPs kind of, uh, you know, I mean, the great band down, you know, that was their whole concept after their, their third full length album, you know, the, the, the next three albums that they did were a collection of uh, six song EPs. Yeah. And then, you know, they, if they wanted to do a fourth, it's supposed to be an acoustic, whether or not it'll ever come out, who knows, you know, we can only make the sign of the cross and hope so. But with this, the, the whole album being released, like I said, in January of 2020, we've been getting some play um, on uh, UK and European radio uh most of the online radios you know but stuff that would be very similar to what you are doing or even uh metal mark with you know some of his programming mm-hmm. so excuse me when we're getting these uh moments where all of a sudden something now pops up it's like okay let's try to keep the name out there somehow you know throw it up in the air again and see how many pieces fall you know that kind of thing so hopefully we can generate some kind of momentum underneath it especially if we can get gigs going and get out there and see people so that way you know maybe pull more and more people to come to shows and make it you know you know make it beneficial for everybody you know what i mean because i don't have a problem if we play for two or two thousand but you know the more the merrier and we're gonna end the show we're gonna wrap this up but we're gonna end the show and we're gonna play a motor lord track what what song can we play for our listeners if they've never heard Motor Lord that you would like uh, to send them off with? Well, uh, you can never go wrong with the title track, Motor Lord. You go ahead and play that. I mean, that is just a emulsification of our stylings, twin lead work, uh, the power of our drummer, Don. You know, it just, it brings everything together and kind of gives every, you know, that, that push. That's why we ended up putting that as the first song to open up the album. And where could people find this? Um, they go to hearnow.com backslash or slash backslash motor Lord. Um, and you will, it will pull up all of our, not only the links for Spotify, Pandora, uh, Google play, all that good stuff, but it also has all of our social media linking. So if they want to check out what's going on with the band, you know, take a you know, look at some stuff. Sometimes, you know, you can link through it. I'll have our YouTube link. There's, mm-hmm. we have old live uh, footage that's on there. Uh, we actually had done our album. We did it in just a, um, you know, just a, a, just a soundscape form where it's got the, the emblem of the album showing in the picture, but you can actually listen to all of the, all the songs on the YouTube linking as well. So, I mean, there's a, there's a, bunch of stuff there and we're hoping to keep adding as we go along and oh that's that's great and we'll have all this on the metal mayhem roc.com website under show notes for this particular episode so we'll have all the links hey uh 
Ian, uh, thanks for spending some time with us tonight, and best of luck, my friend. Hey, for the matter. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the, the time, and thank you for the support. All right. Well, uh, that being said, let's uh, take a listen to Motor Lord. I'm the Vernomatic. You've been listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Remember, Monday nights, the Metal Mayhem ROC live radio show on thatmetalstation.com. Right now, Motor Lord, the title track. See you next week, folks. Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE-TV Radio.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.